So if you're a kid in this room right now, say, I'm a kid. So I'm about to tell you what the very best Mother's Day gift you could give your mom possibly is. Let's see. Uh, could it be flowers? Could it be uh, chocolate? Uh, could it be money? Well, they don't understand mothers very well, do they? The very best gift you could give your mom. Are you listening? is to obey your mom. So it is probably super cool if you, you know, did something like made breakfast or if you made a card or if you do it later today, that's all cool. But you know what would be even better? Clean your room without being asked. You know what would be even better? Pick up your toys and put them away after you've played with them without your mom or dad saying anything to you. I'm glad you love doing that, Levi. I can, I can see. I, I can verify this story, though. You realize I know both of your parents, right? So. All right. Mother's Day. Uh, I changed the message today. There's a whole lot going on in our country right now, and it's it's literally insane. And I'm not going to drag you down with all of that because LifeWell is here to promote life. Amen? Yes. Amen. 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 The pastors in this church strongly support life. Okay. To honor and celebrate mothers is to celebrate life. You are the bringers of life, right? You know, men, you're involved in that initial procreative event, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Hopefully you are there to support and protect and provide and do everything you're supposed to do through that process of pregnancy and birth and beyond. But ladies, you're amazing. Your womb is about life. That's an incredible gift. That's an incredible responsibility to a man like me. That's just, honestly, it's unimaginable. Uh, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've pastored lots of women who have had kids, but I can't enter into that. You, it's a gift. It's a privilege. And it is a daunting responsibility. This really connects you to God because God is the author of life. You're the bringer, the bearer of life. Not alone. Dads, I'm not trying to leave you out. I'll have a message for you. It's coming. But I'm probably going to beat you up over your message, all right? I'm going to encourage these ladies. Um, there's simply no other explanation for life. Life didn't just suddenly begin. We didn't have non-life and life. Lightning didn't strike a pool of, uh, you know, ingredients and then suddenly life occurred. You may have heard this or read this in some uh, sixth grade science textbook, but the reality is the science doesn't support that. The irony of Darwin's origin of the species is it fails to define or describe the origin of any species. It just provides a theory for those that don't want to understand the reality that God is the author of life. Every single person in this room, these two kids talking to each other instead of listening to me. 
you're not an accident. Now, you might get old enough to ask your parents, did you plan me? And your parents might say, absolutely we did. Or they might say, well, no, you were a little surprised. And you continue to be a surprise. But God plans you. God knows your name. He knew your name before your parents knew your name. Now, some of you parents, you had this child named like as soon as, you know, mom was pregnant. You're like, no, we know. Or and you found out the gender. We, we're, this is what we're going to name our child. Okay. Or you might be like the Wilsons who would wait until like three weeks later and finally named their children because they just spent so much time wrestling over it. But see, here's the cool thing. God knew Jubilee was going to be Jubilee before Craig and Rachel named her Jubilee. I remember going out of that. I have a picture uh, of Craig holding Jubilee that I posted on Facebook and it comes up. She's sitting over here. That's why I'm picking on Jubilee. All right. Um, but I have a picture of her that I posted of Craig holding her on Facebook, and it just says Baby Wilson because they hadn't named her yet. But God, God already knew your name was Jubilee. He knew what your parents were going to name you. God knew you before you were born. He knew you while you were still in your mom. You're not an accident. You're here on purpose. Say, I'm here on purpose. And that's not just the kids. That's the teenagers. Adults, you know, maybe you had a rough childhood. I don't know. Uh, most of us probably had degrees of imperfection in our families and things that we went through. And I think if we go on blaming our parents for all of our tragedies and trials and difficulties, uh, we're never going to become real adults and progress with our lives. No parents are perfect, right? A any perfect parents in the room? No, none of us are perfect, okay? That's why we constantly need grace and we constantly need God's guidance. So I'm going to refer back to uh, this psalm. But I'm going to uh, read the entirety of Psalm 139. And kids, I just need you to, man, you're doing so good right now. And I know the longer I talk, the harder it's going to be for you to pay attention. But I just, I want you to really, really try and know that I'm not going to talk super, super long. I'm going to try to be done by noon, okay? So that means that you don't have to run around and get five drinks and go to the bathroom 17 times. You can hang in there. You can do this, okay? Here it is. This is Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You understand my thought from far away. You scrutinize my path. That means he looks at it real carefully. And my lying down. And are acquainted. That means he knows with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it all. You have encircled me behind and in front and placed your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I, I cannot comprehend it. Where can I go from your spirit? Can you run away from God? Is anywhere you can go that God is not? Where can I go from your spirit? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? That means where can I run? If I ascend, that means go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that's an old, Old Testament word that means the grave, the place of the dead. Behold, you were there. 
If I take up the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me. Kids, are you afraid of the dark? No. Yeah. You ever stumble around in the dark and you can't see where you're going? If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even darkness is not dark to you. God is the one that made light and he could see everything before he even created light so that we could see everything. Even darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. So next time you're afraid of the dark, just think, you know what? God is here and he sees in the dark and he sees me and I'm going to be okay. Right. For you created my innermost parts. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Say, I am awesomely and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. You're made, created, designed. There's a purpose for you. That's not saying that you're perfect. We're in an imperfect world, right? And we have imperfections all around us and we have imperfections about us, but you're still awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, he says to God. And my soul knows it very well. That means myself. I know it very well. My frame, that's my body, was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully formed in the depths of the earth. That's the way of saying inside your mouth. Your eyes have seen my formless substance. That's before you really looked like you. And your book, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. God knows every day you will be on earth, and he already knows the last day you'll be on earth. Now, I don't want to know when he's going to take me from the earth, but God already knows those things. How precious also are your thoughts to me or for me, God. How vast, that means there's just a lot. It's, it's beyond what I can count. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would, be, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If only, and then he starts talking about putting to death the wicked, the, the bad people. If only you would put the wicked to death. Leave me, you men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly and your enemies take your name in vain. Oh, we see a lot of that. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred, and they have become my enemies. See, people are really mad today over a lot of things. And this is someone who's saying, I'm really, really mad at people that hate you, God. But listen to what he says to end, because he realizes that he's gotten so mad. And then he says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me to the everlasting way. That's a good thing. You might get mad, but you take that anger and you show it to the Lord and you say, search me, God, and know me. And if I've done anything bad or anything harmful, I pray you forgive me and let me go on and change. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's the psalm I wanted to relate to you today. Um, so I've, I have an outline that I'm following. I don't have you guys writing these things down anymore. But uh, Erica, uh, if you're following along, this is number three. God created human beings in his own image. Are you a human being? Yes. Then you are created in God's image. That's what it says in Genesis 1.27. It says, in the beginning he made 
made him, he made man in, in his image, uh, male and female, he created them. In the beginning, he created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. That's why we're called mankind. It's not to say that we're all one gender, but it's to say that we're all created as humankind. There's another word for it. And we're created in God's image, right? So we need to, we need to plant that in our heads. You're not just an animal, right? You're a being made in God's image. God created Eve to be the mother of the living. She was the first mom. Eve hadn't had any children yet. Okay, God uh, gave Eve to Adam as his wife, and she had had no children yet. And Adam was the one that gave her her name because God let Adam name everything and everyone. So he named her Eve, and it says in Genesis 3.20, he named her Eve because she is the mother of all of the living. Oh, interestingly, the word that we translate Eve from Hebrew is related to the Hebrew word for life. Now, I used to see, uh, I, I don't see this as often anymore, but I used to see particularly middle-aged men, uh, Jewish men who would wear a symbol called Achai, okay? And it's two Hebrew letters. It's a, it's a He and a Yod, right? So it's just a little uh, hay and then a little yod right next to each other and they'd wear that on a, a necklace. And it's the word for life, right? So without getting into the linguistics of it, Eve's name is related to that word for life. Ladies, you're about life. This is not a matter of taking one side or the other on a particular argument. That's what you are. Eve is the mother of the living and you are daughters of Eve. And you are about life and your body is about life and bearing life and bringing life forth into the world. That's why it is amazing. This is, listen, women are amazing, period. But this isn't Women's Day. This is Mother's Day, okay? Now that doesn't mean uh, that you, you are less somehow because you are not a mother or you don't wanna be a mother. Not every woman is going to be a mother, but probably most, are. And it is amazing when you are a mother because you are related to Eve, who is the mother of all of the living, right? Every mother, every mother is related to Eve in this regard. Every mother that carries a child to term and gives birth has chosen to be a bringer and a bearer of life. So it's not just about Becoming pregnant, it's about bearing that child and bringing that child forth. And that's what makes you uh, related to Eve. And it's in your DNA. It's what you are. It's who you are. Um, human life begins inside the mother. Human life doesn't begin at birth. Human life begins inside the mother. You already heard the scripture that we read from the psalm that says very, very clearly, you knit me together in my mother's womb. In Jeremiah 1.5, God says, I knew you before you were born. I called you while you were still in your mother's womb. Firmly establish these thoughts and this reality in your thinking because we need to be people who support and promote life. Amen? Um, just to repeat the, the passage uh, 
verses 13 through 16. For you created my innermost parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. This is a person who's saying you wove me. I didn't become a person once I came out of my mother. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you because I'm awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame, that's my body, was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. We might not have been able to see your body when you were in your mother, but God could see, right? Now, today we have this you know, device called an ultrasound, and it gives us sort of a, a grainy image of the baby inside the womb, but God sees it all. He sees it very carefully, and he calls that person what it is, a human being, a person, Amen? We need to firmly stand for life. Lifewell Church is purposefully named. We are named Lifewell Church because I want you to have the life of God in you and flowing through you. But that is about eternal life. But see, in the end, life is life. Uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born of water and of the Spirit. You know what I believe that means? Ladies, what happens right before you give birth that lets you know, whoa, she's a coming, he's a coming? Your water breaks. Water is the natural. You have to be naturally born. The natural comes first and then the spiritual. The Apostle Paul reinforces that in 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. You have to be naturally born. You have to have natural life first in order to have supernatural life. And then you are reborn. Jesus said, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you will never enter the kingdom of God. So we've got to be born naturally. And then we have to be reborn supernaturally. Now, our name, Lifewell, primarily refers to this idea of being reborn and, and being bringers of the life of Christ into the world. But see, that means bringers of life at every single level. We are about life. That's what this church is about. That's what I want this church to be about. We need to be those who promote and protect life. Amen? Whatever happens... Um, in this nation. And there's some crazy stuff going on right now. But it, whatever happens in this nation, it is the serious responsibility of every woman who becomes pregnant to protect and bring forth safely a human being into the world. It is a child, not a choice. But listen, no one can force a woman to have a baby. No matter what happens with the law and the courts and all of that, if a woman decides she doesn't want to carry that baby to term, she will find a way to not do that. So you can rejoice over what's happening or you can be angry over what's happening right now. But what I want to say to you is we need to win women's hearts. We need to be promoters and supporters of life by promoting and supporting mothers, promoting and supporting women. If a woman becomes pregnant and it's not an ideal situation, then we don't become catty, caustic, judgmental. We are supportive. We're strongly supportive. We want to support life because this is a human being made in the image of God. It's not a choice. It's a child. But ladies, you still have a choice. You always have a choice. And young women in your lives, those of you that will counsel younger women, they still have a choice. 
whatever happens in this nation. So what I say is we need to win hearts. We don't need to scream and yell and, and hold up signs. Maybe you're led to do those sorts of things, but we need to win hearts. We need to love people. We need to bring them over to this viewpoint that helps them to understand, no, this is about life. And then we need to be supportive of it. You know what I was imagining the other day? You know, and I don't know how I would be able to bring this about, right? I have so little power and so little money. You know what would be cool? Is to have a hospital that was devoted to nothing but adoption. That women who found themselves pregnant and did not believe that they could raise that child that in some other instance would terminate that pregnancy would be able to go to this hospital and the hospital would be supported by, there are a lot of people that support life and they have money. You donate to this type of a hospital and it does nothing but help that woman through the entirety of her pregnancy. It doesn't cost her a dime. It provides for her, it helps her, it gives her the, the necessary guidance and counseling and all of those things. And it also provides all of the tools that are necessary for those that want to adopt to come in and be ready to adopt this child as soon as the child is born. And then there's a seamless transition over. If our nation was as strongly supportive of adoption as it has been of abortion, we would be a dramatically different people, friends. We need to, at the very least, be those who are supportive of adoption. If there are children who are out there who are growing up in homes and, and the parents just can't handle it, they can't deal with it, and the child goes into foster care, man, if the Lord leads you, become a foster parent. Become an adoptive parent. We're not just saying, hey, no, here, we support life, have a baby. We're saying, no, we're going to promote and support this with everything we are and everything we have. Mothers, you're about life. If you've already had a child and you are able to counsel a, a young lady who is just now pregnant, then you can give her wise advice. You can give her sage counsel. And I pray that what you will do is share that from your heart, from your mother's heart. Look at your children and, and help them to understand, those that are in this position, that they're not alone. I implore you, realize the seriousness of the responsibility of being the mother of the living you have been given an amazing gift, a gift that no man, no man can possibly have. Your child or your children are not possessions, but privileges. Rear them in the fear and admonition of Christ. So if you have daughters, you need to lead them tenderly and carefully and strongly. If you have sons, you need to show them that it's not about them and it's not about getting their way and it's not about attaining or obtaining some degree of, of, of pleasure or power with a, a, a girlfriend, if you will. But it is about loving and supporting and deference and humility and modesty. These are the things we need to teach our children. Teach them to turn away from the lies that our world promotes and propagates and to believe and uphold the truth found in God's holy word. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Can you say that? So Jesus is about life, right? He is the agent of creation. When you follow Jesus, you're following the one who is life itself, okay? He promotes life. So to follow Jesus is to follow the path of life. Jesus called it the narrow path. To follow the world is to follow the broad road to death and destruction. 
Jesus spoke of these things in Matthew chapter 7. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Have you found the way to life? It means you're following Jesus Christ on a narrow road. You're not just doing things your way as you're traveling down the world's road of condemnation. You are following the path of life, and it's a narrow path. And it may make you unpopular with certain people. It may make people uncomfortable when you talk about these things. I may have made you uncomfortable in this service. My purpose has not been to condemn anybody or make anybody feel bad. In fact, I've only used that A word once, haven't I? Just once. I'm trying to help you understand that we need to be about promoting life, that a human being is a person made in the image of God, and that happens from the moment of conception. So we need to be supportive, not condemning, not screaming and yelling and telling people uh, horrible things about themselves if they've already been through this difficulty and this trial and if they have made choices that are not in accordance with Scripture. We need to love people. We need to draw them in. We need to support them. We need to help these mothers to see that's what they are. They are the mother of the living. And that is an awesome responsibility. So what I'm asking you to do today is to stay on the narrow path that leads to life. And that means follow Jesus. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're a mother, if you're a woman who's yet to be a mother, If you're a man, if you're a young man, if you're a child, you can give your life to Jesus today. You can choose to walk through the narrow gate and walk on the narrow path to life. You can do that today. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you were willing to get on that narrow path and give your life to Jesus or give your life back to Jesus, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to actually say these words. You don't have to say them out loud, but I want you to really say them under your breath, in your mind. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe in you. You are the Son of God. You opened the gate to life, and I want to walk through it. Jesus, I want to follow you. I believe you died for me because I sinned. And I need your forgiveness. I believe you overcame death. You rose on the third day. Now I open my life. I open my heart. I invite you to come inside. Jesus Christ, you are Lord. And I will follow you all the days of my life.